0: Hey listeners, welcome back to Topics with Tim. Thank you for joining me today. This is my first ever Tim's rant of the week. I don't I won't do these every week, but occasionally if something really, really grinds my gears, I'm gonna post a little rant about it. And we're just gonna we're gonna go off here. Now I'm I just wanna say right off the bat, just please have an open mind. I don't have the most perfect information. I'm no expert at, you know, this particular genre. I typically tick to the, I mean, this is health related. I will say this actually does have some health ramifications that I am very knowledgeable about, which is why I felt it was kind of within my area where I could speak on this a little bit. So just please have an open mind and know that I'm going based off the information that I've gotten that I trust. Okay. I know that in today's day and age, it's really all about your sources. Because every different, different source is going to tell you that they're the truth and they're the only true source and they know what they're talking about and everyone else is dumb. And so you have to really test your sources over time, figure out which ones you can actually trust, which ones are the most accurate. Because again, every single news station is going to say, the truth is here. Listen to us. We'll bring you the truth. But the truth is that every news station has biases, major biases. And especially in today's day with mainstream media as well as social media, there is major biases major bias. So again, it's all about who do you trust? Who's proven over time that they're a trustworthy source. Now, again, I trust my sources. You may trust other sources. You may have different information. So just keep that in mind. We might just have different information, which is leading to different opinions. So just like I said, keep an open mind. So I wanted to go on a rant today and I'll start off with a story About recently, I was at Target with some friends. We were doing some filming for my YouTube channel, Next Level Health, which you guys want to go and check that out. It's awesome. I'm bringing lots of awesome nutritional content, especially to the table. I'm really, really, I study nutrition a lot. I'm very passionate about it. I'm very passionate about helping people become the healthiest people possible and achieve kind of their optimal lifestyle and health. I'm very passionate about that. And So that's why this kind of grinds my gears, this topic. So I'm going to start off with the store. I was in Target and Target has a kind of a policy with the masks where, you know, they recommend it, but they don't actually really enforce. You don't really have to. It's kind of more of a personal thing. If you feel unsafe then you can wear it, whatnot. So we we went into Target. And again, I am not really big into the mask thing. And I'll get into that here in a little bit on why I, uh, why I feel that way about it and what I think the information points to, to you know, not having the mask, or at least it's not necessarily that the masks are bad. It's the emphasis on what to actually focus on is incorrect. It's very similar to my recent video I did for, I talked about ingredients and how people focus on the calories and the macronutrients. And I, And again, in that video, I said, those things aren't bad. They have their place, but the focus should be on the ingredients you're consuming. And so in the same way, I'm not saying that masks are terrible. I'm saying the focus of where we're putting our attention on where we're saying hey we need to be healthy in this area is wrong. It's off. It's it's imbalanced. It's not where it should be. So I'm at Target and again I'm wearing my mask. Basically I've kind of decided, hey, personal choice, I'm going to just not wear it. So I just put it kind of slapped it under my chin and you know, went about my business and so we were doing some filming, some shooting and most people, you know, didn't have a problem with it. Went on by just fine. But of course, one lady in particular with her husband and child uh, decided to take it upon themselves to uh, make their opinion known that they needed me to be to put on my mask to quote unquote, uh, not spread my germs everywhere. And I, you know, calmly just said, Oh, you know, no, I'm I'm not going to do that. You know, but no big deal. I'm, I'm not here to, to tell you to take your mask off. Right? That's your personal choice. You've chosen you're an American, you're a free person, you've chosen to wear that mask. I may think that you don't really need to do that, but you've chosen to do that. Again, I'm not going out of my way to, to make it you know, known to you that you need to take off your mask. I'm letting you do your thing. I'm letting you have freedom of choice. But, of course, this lady didn't didn't feel the same way about that. She felt like she needed to sort of impose upon my free will to uh, try to guilt me into wearing a mask and so I said no no thank you sorry and I even asked her are you an employee because if she was an employee and the employee asked me to put on my mask you know I'm much more likely to put on my mask because that's an employee they work there um, I'm understanding of hey if there are rules there that I need to wear it then I'm okay with that but of course the rules were were that I didn't have to wear it so she, of course, uh, starts to guilt me and says, Oh, well, you know, the store policy is that you need to wear it, blah, blah, blah. And at that point I say, hey, look, we have a disagreement and that's okay. And I, I walked away because I, I didn't think that that conversation was, was going to be productive. We just had a disagreement again, unless the two of us were going to sit down and hash it out, which kind of doubt was going to happen. This is just kind of a passing by situation. You know, we're just going to have a disagreement. And I just decided to walk away from that situation. So she went to one of the employees and we actually overheard the conversation where the employee told her, "Yeah, we actually can't enforce that. We we recommend it, but you know, people don't have to do that. They can exercise their uh, personal freedom of choice in doing that." And so, of course, she didn't come back because she couldn't force me into doing whatever it is that she wanted to do. And this really, really frustrated me. I know a lot of uh, friends and different people who have had similar experiences where they've been uh, yelled at, they've been uh, mistreated, they've been guilted into putting on their mask. I know I've heard stories, especially in uh, different states and different areas of different states about people literally being yelled at, being screamed at to put on their masks. And it just really upset me, really made me consider going to states that share my opinion when it comes to the masks. And again, and I'll just, I'll go ahead and share my opinion when it comes to the masks. So I personally do not follow mainstream media really at all. I mean, I hear little tidbits, I'm active in the, in the stock marketplace. So I definitely read up on different, you know, the stimulus packages or different things going on. So I'm aware of what's going on in mainstream media. I'm aware of the main storylines and dialogues, but I don't try to spend too much time on it because I believe that mainstream media is incredibly biased. In fact, a lot of the major news stations they vote about 80% democrat. And again, I'm not here to say democrats are bad, but I tend to disagree with with democrats more often than I agree with them. And so, you know, if 80% of your news is just one side, regardless of that side is right or wrong, then you're going to get a you're going to get an opinion that doesn't have both sides at play. So I think just mainstream media in general votes about 80% Democrats. So just be aware of that when you're hearing mainstream media reports, you're not going to get both sides. It's just not going to happen when 80% vote a certain way. So again, not saying one side is right or wrong. I'm just saying that opinions aren't equally distributed amongst mainstream media. So just look out for that. I same thing is true with social media. <clears throat> so the problem with social media, social media algorithms, are meant to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to keep you on their platforms for as long as possible. I think we've all gone down the rabbit hole of Instagram and Facebook where we've been on them for hours and hours and hours and hours and wonder where the time has gone. Well, that's because the algorithms are specifically designed to fill your feed with things that will keep you there. In fact, they just actually came out, a documentary recently came out on Netflix about this very thing, and the scary part about that is, These feeds that you have can feed you information that's false because the algorithm isn't taking into account what's best for you or what's most truthful for you to hear. The algorithm only has one thing in mind to keep you there. So if it knows that, hey, let's say you lean Democrat, or you lean Republican, that algorithm is going to continue to feed you more and more of that exact side of the argument, because that's what's going to keep you there. You're not necessarily going to stay there if another side is presented that maybe makes you upset or maybe you disagree with. And so that's where people who get most of their news from social media, I think is incredibly, incredibly dangerous because you are going to be force fed through these algorithms the same information over and over again. And you're never going to actually get both sides to an argument. So again, mainstream media, 80% Democrats. So you're only really getting one side to a story every single time. We've got social media algorithms specifically designed to only give you the side that you want to hear, not the side that's true or not having at least both opinions equally distributed. So that way someone can, you know, hear both sides and then make their decision, which ideally, that's what you want in any sort of democratic society. You want there to be freedom of speech. You want both sides to be able to be presented equally so that someone can make their decision off of the full picture of things. But that's not what you're getting. If you are getting your news from mainstream media, if you're getting your news from social media, then you are only getting one side to the story every single time or a, a high majority of the time. Another thing to watch out for is Google and some of these main browser searches. Let me give you an, a scary, scary example of this exact thing taking place. The Jacob Blake shooting that happened, I. As a someone who does not want to rush to judgment, as someone who wants to wait and find out the full picture, get both opinions, I decided I wanted to look into the Jacob Blake case. I wanted to see both sides of the story so I can make my decision. So I went to what we all go to. I went to a Google search browser, and I typed in Jacob Blake shooting, and I read the first five, six articles that popped up. And not surprisingly, they were all from mainstream media, news sources, NBC, CNBC, KCRA everything mainstream and they all presented the same exact story they also they all said that this this man was a hero that he was he came there because he saw something was was going wrong and he was trying to protect uh, these women and and he is a, a hero and he was just these cops these evil evil cops just decided to shoot him seven times for no reason in front of his kids wow just terrible terrible you know again police brutality blah 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 And so I'm like, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting, this side to the story. But as someone who has other sources outside of mainstream media that I trust who have told me, who have warned me, Hey, watch out for Google searches. They heavily, heavily censor information to one side. Make sure you use other browsers to get the full picture. So I decided, okay. And another thing I was trying to find the video, I was trying to find the Jacob Blake video and I could not find it. The only thing I could find was a seven second edited clip of the Jacob Blake shooting where it just shows him walking the other side of the car and then being shot. And that was it. And I wanted to, I I read reports that there was a full, actually two full videos and I could not find them via a Google search. And I spent a good 10 to 15 minutes going through the first couple pages of Google trying to find these videos and they were not available. And I thought this is really odd. Google is the browser. We don't even say browser anymore. We just say, Hey, Google that. And yet I can't find these two video clips. This is kind of scary. What's going on here? So I used a different browser called Duck which one of my sources outside of mainstream media. Who I'll show you just right now. His name is Doctor Mokola, and he is a really focuses on holistic health. Very knowledgeable in that area, actually has degrees in modern modern medicine, but has chosen the holistic health route as his main area of focus. And he has warned me through his reading his articles, hey, you need to use DuckDuckGo as a search because they do not censor information. And it's also a private browser, whereas Google's browsers, they see everything you do and they know everything you've searched, yada, yada, yada. So I decided, okay, I'm going to test out my source here who says that I need to you know, look elsewhere. So I went to DuckDuckGo, and I typed in the same exact thing, Jacob Blake shooting, and what do you know? The very first link is to a YouTube channel uh, with a man named Officer Brandon Tatum who had both videos in full. I also went a couple other articles down, I think from the Washington Times, a couple other articles that presented a different side to the story that in fact the police were called there because of him because he stole his girlfriend's keys so he was the reason that they were even there in the first place because he stole his girlfriend's keys not to mention the eyewitness across the street who witnessed him resisting arrest for uh, a few minutes, and you can actually see items on the ground from a tussle that took place. You also see in both videos that uh, they were fighting uh, and rustling around the backside of the car before Jacob Blake broke broke free and went around the other side of the vehicle. You also see him go in and reach in for something in his car before the cops decide to to open fire. So it presented the full scope of the picture. In fact, I even found out that Jacob Blake had priors, that he the cops were actually warned going into this that he actually had a criminal record which included i think third degree sexual assault as well as assault and battery maybe second degree something like that don't quote me on that directly so we already have some guy who's already have you know who already has criminal behavior who was called there because Of him because he stole his girlfriend's keys who also resisted arrest for multiple minutes, according to eyewitness and video reports, then came around, reached into his car for something, and then the cops opened fire. Now, again, you can still make the argument, hey, maybe they shouldn't have shot as many times. Maybe there is a way they could have still used some more non-lethal force. Again, I tend to side with cops more often than not, regardless of the color of the victim, because I just, the cops are in such a high, high stress position that they're bound to make mistakes. And again, if they feel like their life is threatened, uh, it's hard for me not to, you know, be on their side on that. And of course they had, again, we're trying to arrest him for multiple minutes and had guns drawn on him for, you know, this whole, his whole time coming around the car, the guns drawn saying, stop what you're doing, get down, resist arrest. And he you know, knowingly went into his car and reached for something in his car. I mean, I don't know if I'm a cop in that situation, the high stress, I've only got a couple options my brain is giving me. I mean, it's tough not to to, you know, not make the same call. I mean, it's it's just tough. So again, you gotta put yourself in their shoes. But regardless, that what that showed me was, wow, I cannot reliably use Google searches anymore. This is insane. The amount of censoring going on is absolutely crazy. I mean, the fact that I could not find these articles and this video for 15 to 20 minutes on a Google search was shocking. And again, just maybe put more faith in my other sources. Dr. McCullough, the National Re- Re- Vaccine org, is another one. So... With that being said, just know that I'm someone who comes from a background of I I do keep in touch with mainstream media and understanding what's going on there a little bit, but I have outside sources that give me different information because I know the amount of bias there is in mainstream media, like we talked about the amount of uh, the algorithm fed, you know, one sided uh, social media that you're fed. And then on top of that, we have these search engines, which are heavily censored. In fact, Google has even tried to remove Dr. Mercola completely because he just presents a different side. I even posted a Mercola article on Facebook that was flagged by the uh, quote unquote Facebook fact checkers who decided uh, that they know what's uh, what's right and wrong. And they are choosing to flag this as, you know, harmful content or whatnot. And so Again, all that being said, when it comes to the the mask issue, I would say again, my sources have told me according to their research and their studies that the effectiveness of masks are little to none. It's there there's a slight difference, but it's so minor and it really only happens if people are perfect with their masks, don't touch their masks, but I think as we see so often, we're touching our masks every few seconds. So kind of negates any real benefit that the mask presents. So based on their studies, based on how perfect you would have to be with your mask for it to even be just slightly effective, to me, they're essentially null. They really don't do much. And I actually believe they're more harmful than they are good when you look at the other ramifications, which I'm going to go into. The first ramification being, well it blocks you from being able to take in more oxygen. As someone who goes to the gym and has tried to work out with a mask on, you know this directly about how much harder it is when you can't actually get in oxygen that you need. We are creatures of oxygen. We need it. We desperately need it. So if you wear your mask, you know, eight hours a day at work or however long, I mean, you see people even wearing them in their cars, you're taking in about 10 to 15% less oxygen per day. And again, that's not gonna necessarily show up you know, right away, but over the long term, being more and more oxygen deprived is going to cause you issues over the long term. So that's one negative benefit of this whole mask wearing phenomenon, which is directly health related. Number two would be I believe the social ramifications of the mask. So I have heard many, many studies, many, many things, especially from a certain podcast called uh, Something You Should Know, which is I really love it. I listen to it a lot. And they bring on all these sorts of people who've written books and studies and studies continue to show over and over again how important human interaction is to our overall mental health. It's It's vital. We actually desperately need each other as human beings to be able to survive mentally. If you were isolated for a long enough period of time, you would most likely, if not 100% go insane and probably end your own life because again we are so reliant on each other for that social stimulation that we all need to just be mentally healthy and not basically go insane. And so again we have the the social ramification of you know if you see someone in a mask you're you're definitely not very likely to want to go talk to them you're going to want to keep their distance because it creates sort of this fear based okay we need to just stay away from each other. So I've I've seen a lot of social ramification where you see people. Uh, not not wanting to touch each other anymore. You see people not wanting to hug. I I, I broke my heart watching these uh, two girls. I think we were at the park and I was chilling in the, in the car with my friend. We had just played some spike ball and we saw these these uh, this girls soccer team there. You know maybe around eight, nine year old soccer players and uh, two friends come up to each other. They're wearing masks and they actually don't even hug. They do an air hug and then continue on their way. And it just broke my heart to see uh, in the age range that is pretty much the least vulnerable age range, according to, again, my sources and their data show that those people, you know, anyone, you know, in that in that range Unless you're over 60 and have multiple health conditions, you're actually more likely to to die of the regular flu than of COVID. So it just broke my heart to see these two girls can't even hug, these nine-year-old girls can't even hug because of the mask thing and the whole fear and everything that's associated with, with this mask wearing. And it just, it broke my heart. It it really broke my heart. And again, according to my sources and their studies, you're actually, if you're in the, if you're, again, if you're not 60 and up and you don't have multiple health conditions, you're actually, man, you're, you're actually less susceptible than, than to the regular flu. Actually, it's, it's, it's crazy how much it's been overblown. The asymptomatic transition, which again, a transmission, sorry, which again, my sources have said the asymptomatic transmission is really, that's not a thing. That's a that's a very media-created thing about the asymptomatic transmission. So, again, these, this is coming from my sources that I trust. This isn't mainstream, so it's going to sound different than what you've heard. But, again, it's just a different side. You don't have to agree with me. I'm just presenting a different side. You can look at both and decide where you're going to go from here. But at the end of the day, I look at the mask, again, as no real effect as far as preventing the spread. Uh, we've seen you know places with masks on and masks off really – no difference whatsoever. Uh, again, even with the lockdowns themselves, we've seen really no difference whatsoever between places that are more or less locked down. It just, it, it doesn't matter. So again, if, and so again, so we have the, the oxygen deprivation that you're going to get over time wearing the mask. We've got the, the social ramifications, the mental health ramifications of so many people being isolated, of so many people you know not wanting to interact, not wanting to touch each other, to be physical. I mean, I think when we look back at this time, we're going to see that the suicide rates skyrocketed during this time. We're going to see that uh, the amount of drug abuse and the amount of new uh, drug users is going to uh, increase. We saw weed and alcohol sales absolutely go through the roof during this pandemic. So obviously more people are drinking alcohol, more people are smoking weed, likely doing other sorts of drugs. So again, we're gonna have a new batch of people addicted to drugs going forward. So again, I think part of that stems from the mask thing, the mental health aspect of being able to interact with other human beings is so vital to our daily life and this mask thing creates, oh, I can't touch you, I need to stay away from you, Uh, don't get your germs over me, you know, it creates this sort of negative stigma around any sort of social interaction which we desperately need for our mental health and, I mean, our kids, I mean, I've heard stories from people I know who are teachers and from even kids that I work with um, myself about what it's like like for kids who, again, are in the least vulnerable range who should be in class right now I think it's absolutely ludicrous that kids are not in class right now they are in the most least vulnerable range for this this virus and we are just seeing the mental toll it's taking on them again I I, I heard of a couple uh, people that I know there who are teachers kids committing suicide over this and again I think we'll see those suicide numbers you know pretty high if not you know really skyrocket and, and just the amount of education loss, the amount of time loss, the amount of kids are going to be behind mentally, socially, physically, these new norms that have been created. I think it's very, very harmful to society in the long term to have this sort of social distancing mask wearing. Because, again, it just the study after study shows we desperately need interaction with each other to maintain our mental health. It's 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 built in, it's programmed into us. We absolutely need it. We are tribal people. We are people who need to interact with other people. Again, the mask thing just discourages that, discourages interaction. You no longer look at somebody as, hey, that person has value. And hey, I should chat with them and talk them up. Maybe I can make their day brighter. Maybe they can make my day brighter. They're an interesting human being with a life story. Now it's, oh, that person could get me sick. And that's what the mask does. It reminds us over and over again, that person could get me sick. That person's a danger to me. That person's a threat to me. And again, that's why that lady reacted so uh, angry towards me, right? I, I would have just had a normal interaction with her. Hey, how's it going? How's your day? What are you up to, right? But she attacked me verbally and was very angry at me because, again, she saw me as a threat because of the, the, the what's been pushed with all the mass stuff. I'm a threat to her. My germs are a threat to her. And I think what was most upsetting about that situation was, for those of you that know me well, know that I go to extreme, extreme lengths to keep myself healthy. I exercise every single day consistently. I eat a very clean, unprocessed diet, multiple fruits and vegetables every day. I supplement with multiple vitamins. I am one of the healthiest people that you will probably ever be around. And in fact, I'm probably one of the safest people that you could be around as far as I'm not gonna get you sick. I haven't had a cold in years. I can't I think I had the flu maybe a couple years ago. I, I just, it just does. I do not, it's not a regular part of my life to ever really experience sickness. And that's because I've taken my health to such extreme levels. And so, this lady here being mad at me for not wearing a piece of cloth over my face that really has no effect whatsoever, when the, I, the irony of the situation is I'm probably less of a threat to her than she is to me because I do everything that scientifically actually matters. This lady, who you know, she was overweight, and based on what I saw in her cart, was a lot of processed junk. And her husband was was bigger as well. I'm not saying, I'm not judging them, saying, oh, because because they're overweight, they're bad people or anything. I'm just just pointing out realities here. And again, we know that if you're obese, that increases the chances of you getting the virus. It just it's just natural. You any sort of obesity, again, leads to more chronic illnesses, leads to those pre-existing conditions that make it easier and easier and easier to to get viral. We know that just basic science says, if you're at over a certain threshold of body fat, you're just more susceptible. Your body is not meant to carry that much body fat and, and still be able to maintain your overall health. It just, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't work like that. And so this lady over here who, her and her, who she was obese and her husband was obese and they've got a bunch of processed junk in their car. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? This is, you're, you're getting mad at me for not wearing this mask, getting my germs everywhere. Are, are you protecting me? Are you, are you supplementing with vitamin D, which is one of the most important vitamins when it comes to immunity? Are you supplementing with vitamin C that we know that has, is, is works wonders for getting over colds and, and fighting off viruses. Are you eating an unprocessed diet? Obviously not based on what I'm seeing in your cart. Do you have chronic health conditions based on your obesity factor? Like, again, I'm not saying I'm better than her or anything like that. I'm just pointing out realities here of scientifically, I'm doing everything that actually matters that actually has proven and has studies over time that produces results as far as reducing my, me getting sick and then reducing me transferring it to you. Here's this person yelling at me about not wearing a piece of cloth when they're probably doing none of those things. They are a greater risk to me than I am to them and I'm the one being yelled at. That's that's the crazy part, right? It's 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 just sad. It's sad to see it, you know, go to this level where people are so ultra focused on the masks, you know, again, if, and, and maybe again, this is, this is where, you know, vitamin D doesn't make anybody any money. Vitamin D is one of the cheapest, the the cheapest vitamins you can get. You can go get, you can go get a you know five month supply at your local vitamin shop for five, 10 bucks. It's incredibly cheap, right? And we know that big pharma, which has a lot of money, especially invested in these vaccines. They don't really care to have a lot of information out about alternate ways to treat the virus, they don't want to, they don't want you to know that you can just take vitamin D every day. And that's, well, it, you know, majorly boost your immunity, right? And I'm not saying people are like individually saying, I just want to kill off people. But I do think there is sort of a general, you know, things are profit driven. And greed sometimes drives people to hide information. I see it all the time, guys. I study so much of these food industries and, you know, soda companies, right? Who we know, it's, it's just so obvious how soda leads to obesity. It's, it's just linked in every which way. And you see these big companies. And again, it's not individual people necessarily, but it's the companies themselves being so profit driven and so greedy that they'll actually pay, pay people to hide studies saying that drinking soda is totally healthy for you and totally fine. I mean, these things are realities. These happen. I, I, again, I think of individual people had, you know, would not necessarily say that, but when you put a bunch of group of people together and they're all relying on a certain profit margin, I think greed can kind of take over. And I think people can, you know, sort of, you know, absolute power kind of corrupts absolutely in a sense. And you see it all the time in the food industry, the, the amount of corruption there is, and the amount of hiding studies and paying scientists to promote things that are, aren't healthy. And so we're seeing this happen with big pharma. We're seeing big pharma, not wanting to promote vitamin D, not wanting to promote any sort of vitamin supplementation. In fact, you know, these Facebook and these social medias who I'm sure that there's some money coming into their pockets from, from Big Pharma and things like this are actually flagging the very articles that I'm posting that are saying, hey, you know, Did you know that studies show about how much, you know, how short people are on vitamin D and how, especially during the wintertime when the sun's not out as much and you can't get vitamin D naturally from the sun, how, you know, sickness always goes up during the wintertime because people's vitamin D levels are short and how much vitamin D plays a role in um, boosting your immunity. Why isn't Dr. Fauci and all these different people telling us to take vitamin D? It's so cheap, right? Go to your vitamin shop, get it for five to 10 bucks. You've got a half of your supply for basically nothing. But yet these people up top in power are not promoting these things because that's not going to put money into their pockets. That's, that's not going to make them any money. And it's sad that people operate this way and it's sad that people fall into these traps. When you get a position of power or when you get a position where you're you know financially well off, it's kind of easy to look the other way. So, man, it's just, again, I'm not saying the mass are the worst invention of all time. I mean, if you think about it, okay, it kind of makes sense. Your face and mouth are covered, so less, you know, air particles are going to go places. So, logically, it kind of makes sense that, you know, maybe it wouldn't spread. But, again, I think the data shows that it's really not effective. And, again, we talk about the the ramifications both not only physically and socially. But and I think another thing we have to think about, too, is, you know, And this is something more, this is a more personal, I guess, in a way. And again, it stems a lot from me being a Christian and, and, you know, I believe God values every single person. I believe every single person was made in the image of God and has value. And I view each human being I interact with on a day-to-day basis as someone that has extreme value As someone that God looks at and says, this is, this is my son or daughter that I've literally created by hand. And I think what this mask does with the the lockdowns, the masks, the social distancing, what it does is it dehumanizes people. It makes us afraid of each other. It makes us see each other not as human beings of value, but as threats. You are a threat to me. And that's scary. It's scary when we dehumanize people, when we make people out to be threats, when we make people out to be less than human. That is where you get, eventually, subtly, over time, that's when you get genocides. The Nazis, you know, it wasn't overnight that they just saw Jewish people as parasites. It was a progression. It was a progression and a mentality where they slowly and slowly devalued Jewish people as subhuman or non-human. And it got to such an extreme level and such an extreme, you know, fantasy world that they're living in where they actually thought we need to exterminate these people from the earth because we are just that much of a superior race and they are just so subhuman to us. And again, I'm not saying that we're at that level yet. Okay. That's a very extreme example of what happens when we devalue each other to a certain point. But what I'm saying is that the masks I think are just a small progression towards that direction where we again, don't see each other, as having value, but see each other as threats and as less human. So again, guys, there are many things that you can do to decrease your chances of getting sick, to decrease the symptoms that you'll have when you get sick that don't involve mask wearing, that don't involve lockdowns, that don't involve social distancing. And I believe they're all more scientifically backed and based than the lockdowns, which again, have proven to be basically non-effective. The masks, which have also proven to be, you know, based on my sources, not effective and the social distancing, you know, not effective. And at at the end of the day, guys, at some point you have to decide whether life is worth living to you or not, because obviously you could stay in your house for your entire life, never go outside. And maybe, yeah, maybe you wouldn't catch a cold from your, your buddy, but at some, at some point life is worth living and life is worth, people are worth the risk. Now, I'm not saying, you know, obviously, if I was 60 and older, and I had multiple health conditions, of course, I would be a lot more careful. And if, if someone's in a more susceptible where they have a pre-existing condition, and I totally understand, and you have 100% a right to stay home, to self-isolate, to wear a mask, you are full within your rights to do that. and I fully support your right to choose that 100%. I will, I will never, you know, tell someone who's wearing their mask in their car. Even though I think like, why are you doing that? That is your right. That is your car. That is your space. You want to wear a mask in your car? You go for it. Power to you. Okay. So, you know, again, if you're in that age range, the the susceptible age range, I totally understand getting a vaccine. I totally understand, you know, if you want the slight marginal effect of the mask, if that's what, what's going to help you, totally understand you can do that. If you want a social distance too from people, that's fine, I get it. But if you're not in that range, I think you basically based on again, based off my sources, you have really nothing to worry about. You can go about your day, live it as normal as possible. Maybe I mean obviously, you know, I would say, you know, maybe avoid large gatherings of 500 people. I, I can get I can understand that, you know. Like obviously the more a ton of people all at once super close together, yeah, obviously, you know, just like just like, you know, pre Pandemic. If you went to a basketball game with thirty thousand people, you are taking a risk because there's bound to be someone in that group of people that's probably sick with a cold or with a flu or with something. You're always taking a risk. Life is risky. Any large gathering is risky. It, It just is, and so you have to decide whether or not the risk is worth the reward for you. And again, if you're in that susceptible range, then hey. It's not worth it. And I totally understand. I totally understand waiting until your vaccine. I, I have p- people that do that totally exercise your right to do that. You have the freedom to do that. But you also got to let me and other people who are not in that susceptible age range also have the freedom to live our lives. And that's just, you know, something that I believe is, and, and obviously you can go, oh, well, but, you know, if you, gosh, if you can do what you want, then you get sick and you get me sick, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, that's, I mean life is risky. It just is. There's a, we, If we really cared about protecting every human life, we would ban cars. How many people die every year in car accidents? You are taking a huge risk every time you get into a vehicle. But we have decided as a society that our benefits of driving outweigh the cost, which is human life. People die every single year. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people die every year. In car accidents, we have accepted that we have decided the quality of life that we get as humans from being able to drive places is worth the cost of life. Every time you get into a car, it's a risk. At some point we have to decide is interacting with people, which is a complete necessity and living a life, going to concerts, sports game, whatever. We have to decide, you know, at some point it's worth the risk at some point. Yeah. You, you're It's risky. Just like getting in the car. It is risky. Life is a risk. And that's just, that's it. I mean, I don't know what to say about that, but I guess just to recap again, mainstream media, very biased, 80% Democrat vote, not getting both sides, social media, algorithm fed only of what you want to hear, not getting both sides, Google and browsers heavily censored. Heavily, heavily censored. You're not going to get both sides. Use DuckDuckGo if you want to get more of both sides to what you're hearing in in mainstream media. Okay. And then to also recap again, my sources say masks, basically no. Don't do anything. Lockdowns, basically no. Social distancing, basically no. I think another thing that we need to be careful of is something like to call perception bias, where because things are reported, there's a perception that there's happening more because it's being reported more. Let me give you an example of this. I read an article about during the Obama administration, about how much black on black crime, about how many black men died during that period. And it was quite high. It was actually higher than the previous presidential reign, higher than when Trump was office. You probably didn't know that because it wasn't reported because, well, if the media is 80% Democrat, they wouldn't want to report negative things because then it makes the democratic president look bad. So it creates a perception bias. You think that everything's fine, that there's less violence, less crime during the Obama administration because it's not being reported. But then the, the the facts and the actual data shows that it was higher. It just wasn't being reported because once again, the media is 80% Democrat vote. So, <laughs> and then of course, During the Trump administration, guess what's always being reported as much as possible. Every sort of crime, every sort of police brutality, anything and everything to paint President Trump in a negative light was being reported. And so it creates what's called a perception bias, where you now have a perception that something is happening more often than it was before, but it's only because it's being reported more often. That is it. If you look at the actual data, it'll show you. It was happening less under Trump than Obama. But you, if you, again, if you just follow mainstream media, if you just follow social media, if you don't have outside sources, you wouldn't know that you would have a perception that the amount of violence amongst blacks, the amount of violence amongst whites, amongst police is going up and up and up and up and up and and skyrocketing skyrocketing. But you got to look at the data from trustworthy sources. You got to look at the facts. And you got to see, oh my gosh, this is perception bias. So what's being reported day after day after day after day? The coronavirus stuff. Non-stop. Now I have some other things too that point to an exaggeration. Again, I think that I'm not saying that the virus is not real. I'm not saying that it's not a definitely worse, more... A flu that transmits faster, that is more deadly, I think we'll see from the total overall deaths from year. I think the only real stat you can really trust is the overall deaths year to year, seeing how much it jumped up. And I think you will definitely see a jump up in the statistics. So it's definitely a real thing. It's, it's definitely a worse flu that is more easily transmitted, it seems, or at least hangs around more often uh, in the air. And so it's something, you know, to be definitely be more careful of without a doubt. But it's also being heavily, heavily exaggerated. And let me tell you why. Hospitals were actually paid, actually paid people, actually, sorry, hospitals were paid by the government more money if their case or the death was a coronavirus case. Case in point, what did hospitals do? Hey, if we report that this person died of COVID, we get more money, potentially thousands of dollars. more money. So we had, again, this is from my sources. We had reports that hospitals were paying off people who had people die saying, Hey, we're going to put it as a COVID death and paying them some of the money. And then they get a big chunk of money from the government. This was some, I think even the director of who even actually admitted it. And then I think they probably hit or deleted the tweet or whatever that yeah. Hospitals were incentivized so you'd get cases where someone dies of a motorcycle accident, but had COVID being listed as COVID being the primary reason of the death when no, the primary cause of the death was a motorcycle accident. So the case numbers are inflate, the sorry, the death numbers are inflated 100%. I completely agree that based on these hospital incentives to list deaths as COVID deaths Even if they weren't, and even if they, again, we saw a lot of people with the pre-existing conditions, uh, people on, even someone on hospice would count as a COVID death, even though they were going to die soon. Anyway, they would still be listed as a COVID death. We saw, you know, even up to a few months in 40% of the deaths were nursing home deaths. Again, older people, more susceptible, more chronic conditions. And so again, that's definitely a very, that population is definitely needs to be careful. 100% 100% agree. They, I think that population should, you know, get vaccinated. I think that population should 100%, you know, be as cautious as possible because it has shown over that age range with those chronic health conditions, it's, it's it can be deadly 100%. Now we know the overall deaths are inflated. At least I believe that based on my sources, also the case numbers heavily inflated as well. Let me tell you why the testing they use called PCR testing was set to ridiculously high thresholds, thresholds where even if there was inactive antibodies from the virus, they would still show up and it would be a positive test, which is why you probably had a friend and I had this happen to multiple friends who've told me that, well, they test positive on Friday, negative on Saturday, positive on Sunday, negative again on Monday, right? You, I guarantee you've probably had a friend who had the same phenomenon. Well, it's because this PCR testing was set to this ridiculously high threshold that it should not have been that even if in even if you were not sick, you had inactive antibodies, you would have a positive test, which is why we saw so many people go asymptomatic, right? It's because they didn't have it in the first place. They didn't have it. They had inactive antibodies. So that inflated the case numbers. So we got inflated case numbers. We've got exaggerated death death numbers. It's bad. Don't get me wrong. But, and then we also, again, we've got the perception bias where every news report every night is reporting every story of every person who's died. But guess what? People die of the flu every year, but guess what happens? It doesn't get reported because it's not noteworthy. It's not a coronavirus case. And so again, it creates a perception that during a normal year, oh, no one's dying because it's never being reported. No, a lot of people are dying every year from the flu. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people. It's just not reported. It's not news. So your perception is, oh man, no big deal. But now every news station knows that due to fear, which fear drives a lot of viewing, man, we just keep throwing these coronavirus cases and deaths. People are going to continue to tune into the news every single day out of fear. And now... You know, we've got inflated numbers across the board. We've got inflated perception bias where we think that, oh my gosh, like it's happening everywhere. Everyone's dying. But then if you I haven't had I don't think a single one of my close friends get the virus at all. I don't have any person I know, and I know a lot of people who has died or I think the only person I know is I had a buddy who was kind of a friend of a friend who said he got it. And he said he, you know, he, again, it was like the flu. He had a couple days where, he w- he was out for a couple days. I think I've had a, a, maybe another friend or two have some of the things. You know, their smell didn't come back for a little while. So again, it's not that I, it's not that I'm saying. You know, if you're someone, oh, go out and do everything, right? I mean, there's still obviously you're washing your hands. Of course, that's a standard procedure we've done for a long time. Obviously, if you have any sort of symptoms, if you have a cough or a fever. You know, stay home of course i mean you would do that even if you didn't have corona you do that regardless because you wouldn't want to get other people sick you know i i totally find with gyms doing the 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 check of your temperature i i would i hope they continue doing that even post pandemic because it's just good if if you have a fever and you don't know it and you're about to go in the gym it's like yo your fever's like you're like 100 dude you can go home <laughs> of course you know what i mean so there there are certain things i totally understand totally agree with I agree with the temperature checks 100%. I think it's a great way to get people who actually have symptoms, which are when it actually spreads, to go home. Totally agree with that. I would totally agree, again, if you're in that age range, if you have some sort of susceptibility, and you want to exercise your right to stay home, totally support you. You want to wear a mask? Totally support you. You want to get vaccinated? Totally support you. 100%. Do what you got to do. I get it. But, again... This is just a different side to the story, just a different side. And so I think that the, at this point, we got to, we got to move on. We got to move forward. We got to let the mask thing go again. You can wear yours, but don't, don't come at me for not wearing a piece of cloth. When you're doing all the things that actually make you more dangerous, Are you supplementing with vitamin D? Are you supplementing with vitamin C? Are you eating three to four servings of fruits and vegetables a day? Are you eating clean, unprocessed foods? Are you exercising every day? If your answer is no to all of those questions, then before you criticize someone for not wearing your masks, ask yourself, look in the mirror and say, Hey, am I doing all the things scientifically that actually make a difference when it comes to my immunity? and when it comes to me protecting myself and then protecting the people around me, ask yourself, are you doing that? If the answer is no, remove the plank from your own eye before removing the plank from your brother's eye. Meaning, you know, get healthier. That's, that's my message to people. There are many things you can do Many things you can do to make yourself more safe for yourself and for other people that do not require wearing a mask, that do not require locking yourself down, that do not require social distancing, that actually matter. And I'm sorry, I just cannot support the mask thing anymore. I just can't support it. The science shows it doesn't do anything. And the social ramifications of what, how we are treating each other because of it, of how we are viewing each other because of it, of how we are devaluing each other because of it, makes me sick and sad. That kids can't hug. That kids can't interact and play at school. That they have to stay home. That kindergartners have to stare at a computer screen to do class. That doesn't work. It just, it doesn't. We need to get back to normal. And I commend Texas for opening things back up. We need small businesses too. Small businesses are dying due to this. All the people that argue for, we need to have equal distribution of everything. What's happening, what you're supporting when it comes to the masks and the distancing and the lockdowns, you're literally creating less of that because the only ones that can survive, the only companies that can survive are the big corporations who are getting richer and richer and richer, while middle class America, which are small businesses, are dying and dying and dying. So if you support equality and having wealth equally distributed and having a majority of the people have a majority of the wealth, then you need to be supporting Getting back to normal, opening up businesses, opening up restaurants, opening up gyms, allowing small businesses to thrive because that is the middle class, small businesses. So, guys, that's been my rant for today. Again, these are just my sources that I trust. You may have different sources that you trust. And if that's the case, then we just have to agree to disagree. And that's that. And I, again, I've told you what my sources say, and you're just gonna have to continue to research and continue to look on your own to see what your sources say. And if your sources are trustworthy, and again, if you're mainstream media, social media, Google searches, I would highly, highly suggest you get some other sources because those are very unreliable, highly censored sources of information. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. hope you've kept an open mind. And again, we can agree to disagree and we can still move on and we can still have healthy discussions and we can still love each other. And I truly believe that. So anyway, guys, I hope you're having a great day. I hope that your day continues to get better. And yeah, this has been my rant, my first ever rant, actually. But anyway, guys, I will see you guys on the next pod. Oh,